Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and joining me in studio is one of the master storytellers of our time, Richard Paul Evans. And welcome. So glad that you're back. You're not just a host. You're the host. <laughs> you're okay. teasing me because we did at one point start this interview a few minutes ago, and out of my mouth said, I am your hope, and said you're hosting. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, you yeah. had a really good comeback. <laughs> I'll reveal it. It's true. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about... I. I use that term master storyteller. But as I started to look at how people responded to your latest book, The Mistletoe Secret, I kept seeing a message over and over again about how people feel like when they opened the pages of the stories you you write, that me, pretty immediately they feel like they've been transported into an authentic story where you're able to kind of capture the real life emotions that people are feeling and expressing. So it's very relatable. And yet they, what they can count on is always this optimism towards love, that there's that sense and searching of love. So the, mistle, the mistletoe collection right. is, 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 a, is a collection. It's, okay. I decided four years ago to write three Christmas love stories. Is this because you and your wife had a conversation and she said it's about time you start rededicating nope. yourself to love stories? No, no, no. It was actually, uh-huh. actually for a while there, I, I stopped writing Christmas stories and I didn't, I didn't want to be typecast, which was a mistake since I have been named by the New York Times the king of Christmas fiction. Sure, but I wouldn't say the Michael Vay series was a mistake, well, too, not, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, I I, kind of pushed away from it, and then my sales were just decreasing with each book, and which is, you know, happens to sure. most authors. And, Unless you've had 33 yeah, yeah. best-selling well, well, then, New York Times books. I just I, wanted to throw that one <laughs> well, But then, then the book, my, my book, The Sunflower, which has become a very popular book, by the time just barely hit the bestseller list. And um, it like just it tied with number fifteen, and it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to hit the list anymore. So I'm just going to, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to write one last Christmas story, and that was Finding Noel, and uh, it was a massive bestseller. Uh, they got great reviews from Time Magazine and Entertainment Weekly. They all give it like A's, and and it the first week we went back for an extra hundred thousand copies. It was just it was a huge book, and and so. Um, that's when it's like, well, you know, you kind of dance. Who brung you to the dance? I started with the Christmas box. Maybe I should write some more Christmas stories. And so I kind of played around with that for for a few years. And, and then I thought, you know, the world's gotten really very serious. <laughs> and I thought, I want to write something that's just enjoyable. We need we need an escape right now because my my walk series is not an escape. It's a very it's a very deep and contemplative. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. It's a, it's there's some really deep things that happen. But I, I need to say for those who have not read any of the books in the walk series, I, I love the idea that you really do take journeys to write the stories. Oh yeah, and, I, I, yeah. I drove from coast to coast. Yeah, you know you know what's interesting about the walk series that way, it's a little side sideways mm-hmm. here um, is that we get stacks of mail from prisons. And it's it's that book has just hit this chord. And I was actually speaking in a prison. I walked in. This man came up to me. He was wearing the prison garb and um, had tattoos all over and walked up. And he goes, Mr. Evans, I'm, we have a reading group in the prison just for the walk series. We gather every week and talk about it. I mean, a bunch of men. And he goes, I'm not afraid to tell you that we shed a few tears. 
Wow. And I thought, yeah, that, that's, that, I mean, that's a book that people who are looking at their lives and it's about, it's about when you've lost everything, why do we live? And so it, it makes sense to me that people would, would gravitate to that. But in it's interesting. We don't have to be stripped away of all of our freedom and all that we cherish and to be in that point in our life when we are still searching for meaning well, and it, purpose, right? Well, especially when people mm-hmm. have lost someone close to them. Sure. I mean, I, I've had more men. I, I, I met a Michael Vay book signing. This man comes up and he has a, he has a Marine veteran hat on. Sure. And kind of a gruff guy. And he goes, yeah, I need that book for my grandson. And I'm signing this Michael Vay. And he said, um, he goes, you wrote that walk series, didn't you? I looked up. I go, yeah, yes, sir. And he, he said, yeah, I'm I'm alive because of it. I go, how was that? He said, after my wife died, uh, life didn't really seem worth living anymore. And so I planned to take my life. And I don't know who gave me the book, but I just started reading it. And I said, you know, maybe I'll stick around for a while. Wow, that is powerful. Yeah, and I've actually had that happen about 16 times with the walk. So, But anyway, we were talking about the mistletoe secret. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I thought, I want to write something that's just lighter and fun and sweet. And, you know, I love story. And so I wrote the first one, Mistletoe Promise. It does have some gritty parts, which, thank you, Hallmark, took all of them out. Thank goodness. <laughs> because I wanted to say, as you were brought, uh, bringing up the idea of something lighter, yeah. we are all, and even in the midst of the darkness and the challenges and the complexities of our life, when we can stop for just a minute and remember the simple joys of life, which love is one of the simplest gifts of, that transcends every culture, every community, every society, every experience. And that Hallmark Channel, when it makes a movie, <laughs> that's I, I find myself sitting on the chair. I don't want to leave well, they, because I want to believe again in the simplicity right. of love. And they did. And they did mm-hmm. a good job of that. I mean, it was, sure. it was their number one movie of the season. So wow, congratulations. Really well. Hopefully that mm-hmm. will green light a few others. They have a few other my books on our contract. Um, but, you know, Mistletoe Secret is about... It's about love, but it's about connection. It's about loneliness. And I just I think it's sad that we live in a time when there is so much technology that connects us. And yet there's so many people who are truly lonely to the core. And so I remember one night I was I was lonely. I was out on the road and Carrie was asleep. And it's middle of the night I'm writing. And I just went on Facebook and said, is anyone there? And it was just kind of that calling out. Is anyone out there? And I thought, that's an interesting premise for a book. And so Mistletoe Secret is about this man who, after going through an awful divorce, his friends talk him into online dating, which he finds he does not like at all. And so he um, he then tries uh, – well, but while he's doing all this, he he comes across a blogger who writes about loneliness. And all he gets on her is, that she, is her initials, LBH. And he falls in love with this woman – from her words. Hmm. And, but she doesn't list where she is. There's no information about where she is. So he keeps gathering clues like, okay, it just snowed there last night. So that, that, that changes it okay, to about- Okay, upper Midwest. That's about 3,000 <laughs> cities, you know. And, but uh-huh. then, oh, she's in mountains. And so he's, he's gathering. Yeah. And then one day she lets slip this thing in her area called Swiss Days. It's like, oh, um, there's three places in America that have Swiss days. And one is Midway, Utah, of course. The other is Santa Clara, Utah, down by St. George. And the third is uh, Burn. Indiana, near Fort Wayne. And the only one that has the snow and matches is is Midville. And as he says, he's from Daytona Beach, Florida, where it's always warm. And he, he says, well, wherever the, the devil that is, how hard could it be to find someone with the initials LBH in a town of 4,000 people? So he flies out to f- try to find this person and try not to look like a stalker or, or a serial killer or 
um, as the mayor accuses him. It's like, sure. oh, are you here to kill someone? What, what? I, I, by the way, I loved it when I when I was uh, reading into the book. <laughs> I love that you said it in Midway. Every time I can find some kind of a Utah tie or something that resonates with us locals, like, ah, oh, he built us in, which is great. So, so he flies to Midway. Flies to Midway mm-hmm. and, and he starts the hunt. And I... You know, it's 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 one of my funniest books. The, the characters are funny, and the things that happen are funny. The people he encounters as he's looking, he meets this um, this man who at the Blue Boar Inn, which is where he stays. I love the Blue Boar Inn, and that's a real but location. It's a real, oh, it's a real place. Oh, wow. it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and he meets this man named Ray, who is based on a man named Jay, who came up and started talking to me while I'm eating breakfast, and and he knows everything about Midway, and so he's. He tells him, he's like, if you're going to go tell people that you're looking for him, you better come up with a, a backstory because they're going to be creeped out. He goes, no, I'm just going to be honest. And the first thing he does is, um, I'm with the census. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, Ray was right. <laughs> okay, so the story, as you are expressing, is about one man in loneliness. And, and I like that you started that story in divorce because it used to be pretty – how shall I say this? We used to always just deal with someone who's lost someone, a spouse who dies. But so many of us in our world have gone through the loss of a relationship. And that is its own real grief to go from having had something, having that dream not realize and letting go. And so there is a, it's a different loneliness, it's a different thing. isn't it's, it? Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, in fact, what it tends to do, I think, is that it challenges our trust more. Because when someone dies, you can say, but they didn't mean to. <laughs> you know, they didn't sure. want to. They would still be here. You may not trust life or God or, or, or whatever you're going to blame on that, but you don't blame them. Um, and and when, when a relationship breaks, it's like, okay, what part of this is mine? What part's yours? How come you don't love me anymore? How could you stop loving me? And you, you vacillate from terror to anger to – you go through all the you know, emotions of grief – and so, um, but there's a lot of loneliness, and I realized that I, I was right. I start looking up things on loneliness and researching loneliness, and there's a lot of loneliness in this country, and it, it just seems so sad that there's so many people. And, so and I, we're admitting it a little bit more now, yeah, right? Yeah, and you know, I, and I came across some really mm-hmm. interesting information, and there's some of that in, this, in these blogs where. She, so where, you're weaving some of the research you have oh, exactly. into LBH. So LBH, is, she okay. writes about loneliness. So some of the stuff she writes is really funny. Some's really poignant. Some's like scientific. She goes, you know, scientists think lonely is a, is a survival, is a survival instinct because if if we're alone, we're we're very vulnerable. We can be eaten by a saber toothed tiger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Especially so, when you're online dating. So, okay, now, the, okay, now this is yes, exactly, and this is actually funny. Um, Two things I did. I put out to my readers. I said, I want to hear your best story, which I'll tell you in a minute. The best online dating story and I, the, the most horrible one you can imagine. And, <laughs> and I got some. And the one we used is really funny. The so you thing, wrove it, that in. You went out. Oh, to it's actually, reader. I asked them. And they, oh, they, they had stories that were, because truth is always stranger than fiction. Sure. Uh, the second part is I needed to know what it was like. So I told my wife, I said, I, I, I have to join an online dating site. I have to go through this experience so I can write about it. Just so you know, I'm not looking, okay? But I, I need to research this. And, um, I mean, I've, I've flown to Taiwan to research books. So it's like, this is not a stretch for me. Sure. So I went on there. And first of all, it was a lot more work than I had planned on. That the questions went. It was like taking the ACT. <laughs> and at one in the morning, it's like, this is awful. Oh. The second thing is, I don't like the pics they had. When all of a sudden they start coming in, as soon as people start asking for dates, then I, um, I 
shut And of course, down. Carrie could log in at any time, right? Of, of course. Yeah. I, I, was, I was not looking for someone. I, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly You were doing happy. your research. I believe I was that. doing research and I shut it off. I didn't want, I didn't want that out there. But, sure. Uh, but, okay, but the story, the story that um, behind, and that someone sent me their worst date, um, this woman, she met someone online. It's like, hey, he's local. He's close. He's a doctor. You know, it's like, this, this sounds great. Well, he was a um, kind of an eye doctor. And they go to dinner. It's like, well, he's not, you know, he's not the most attractive guy, but he's steady and he seems nice. And so, and they're talking. Turns out it was the same eye place she went to. And she tells him, there are some sunglasses I almost bought. They're really cool. And he goes, hey, I can get them for you at wholesale. You want to go get them? We can go after work and after dinner. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, if you really want them, I'll take you over there and just sell them to you for half price. And it's like, that would be really great. So afterwards, they go over to the place and, um, and he goes and he starts opening the door and he goes, look, whatever you do, don't look at the cameras. Oh. He's like, what? Just, just look down. It's like, are you? Oh, my She goodness. goes, are you, are you sure? It's like, no, just keep your head down. Just, it's just the way it is, okay? It's like, this doesn't sound right. It's like, no, just, you're, it's fine. Just, so she's like, this is really weird. So she comes in and little does she know they've set off the silent alarm oh as they come in. She comes in and the guy leaves and he goes, just come find me when you're done. So she goes and she finds the glasses. It's like, <laughs> okay, here they are. It's like, she looks around for him. She's looking down, going oh down. She opens up one of the, um, one of the rooms, one of the um, exam rooms. He's in there naked on, one of the exam chairs. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. And just then she hears, please freeze. Put your hands up. They've come in the back. They have guns. Yeah. She's like, I'm standing here with this naked stranger with stolen glasses. She's like, so oh she, she starts crying. And she goes, the police, when they found out what happened, uh, they, they had a good laugh. She said they laughed and sent her home. It's like, in fact, one drove her home. And he goes, they take the guy out. They they tell him to put his clothes on. They handcuff him, take him out. And he, and he turns to her and says, call me. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay, just that story alone is going to keep people <laughs> off the dating sites. But that was the winning story. So you do weave that in? Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's in there. Yeah, uh, yeah mistletoe <laughs> secret. Okay, so he's relating to her through that blog. Both she's being honest about what she's learning about loneliness, what she's feeling about loneliness. She's weaving in some of the comedic. In there as well. Yeah, she's she's very sweet. You know, so, you what know, is she a symbol to him? A symbol of just curiosity oh, at first? No, vulnerability. Okay. It's like his his mm-hmm. his previous wife was um, was attractive and confident and basically really mean and mm-hmm. and distrustful. She's cheating on him, and when he confronts her, she just lies about it. Says, "Oh no, my friend's cheating with this guy." And later on, it's not. She didn't wait very long before he's seen pictures of her on the. Mm. on social media with this guy and And that's his own he's really broken it's like yeah yeah, it's just like so when he finds this this woman who seems to be the opposite she's just lonely it's like she's kind of like a female version of me she's been hurt she's she's out out there and she just you know there's something about someone crying out in the universe that i think we all relate to and so i wanted to capture that when someone just says are you out there is anyone out there you know i think isn't it amazing to live in a country of millions of people and yet we do feel so alone. Many, many do, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not, you know, technology can be this advantage and can also be really strange. I mean, you know, people break up over text, over text messages. Sure. They divorce over text messages. It's like we've lost this connection. I remember when we lived in Italy, I remember seeing their show and it's kind of a joke that everyone came to dinner and they're all sitting there talk, looking on their phones all the time. No one even looks at each other once. And I've seen kids you know, at tables text each other instead of talking to each other. 
So I, I, I put a meme up. I said, hey, I'm, I'm having people over tonight to stare at their screens if you want to come over. You know, it's just it's 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 kind of weird how how our connection has changed, and so this this book's a proponent of getting back into right into a real connection. And yeah, even if you have to go cross country, even if you have to from go from Florida cross- well, to the mountains it, of Midway, it makes it interesting. And he goes, you know, this is crazy, and then his friend tells him, this is crazy. And he goes, yeah, but you know, normal wasn't working, was it? Maybe. Now, this was published um, mid November, November fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. And so it's out now, Mistletoe, The Mistletoe Secret. Mistletoe Secret. This is the third in the Mistletoe Collection. Right. And is the collection going to continue on? Will there be more love in 2017? Okay, this is, you've heard it here first, because I just got back from New York, as you know, and me with my publisher, and I've decided that these books have been so successful that I'm going to do three more Christmas love stories. And so we'll change the name. They won't be mistletoe, but um, do another. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it is, is what people are finding the books, and then they, they'll find one and like it and say, "Oh, there's two more like it." And so it's bringing in new readers. It was. I just got back from New York. It was really awesome. I met with my publisher, and they said, "Look, your sales are going up. Nobody's sales are going up. But, it's like it, yeah. it's a time when the book industry is down. Fewer people are reading. You can feel this kind of depression. And it's like um, e-books are way down. The excitement over e-books has peaked." Hmm. And, um, they're not like, looking at my visa bill. They're not. <laughs> and then all, the, yeah, you're the exception. But then, but it's like, but your books are actually you're gaining ground and territory. This is terribly exciting, that, and that's it, that's awesome. But it is a form of art, and you know, and and I am not an artist, although I do appreciate art, and I always have kind of understood the role that not only f- the fine arts, music, all of that plays in mirroring our emotions. Um, the events of the times. And so as we have gone through this country a a fairly dark time, and even with the elections in particular, a very contentious, divisive time, there is that natural emotional yearning for the lighter, the brighter, the good. I think so. There's a lot of fear. And you know what's what's interesting? I look at like my Facebook fans and some of them write things that are horribly offensive to me. Um, I've never read those. They're on both. I, it's not that I stalk no, not, you, not, but periodically I go on there because it's not interesting. To, not to me. Sure. Just, oh, but, okay. But on, on the news feed, I look okay. at it, it's like, oh, they're a friend of mine. But And yet. they are completely on the opposite spectrum in terms of politics or their belief system. Social commentary, sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm glad at least this brings them together. Mm-hmm. The one thing they do agree on is that this I actually think, makes I think we all kind of experience that if we were involved in social media, that those who we felt like we had a lot of commonality in because we do share certain interests, when we find how they feel and react to certain political situations, it was a surprise yeah. uh, to go, well, yeah, I guess we all, maybe when I was young, I thought people were all good or, or all bad. And now I realize that we're so much more complex much, as human beings, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So do they uh, suggest stories to you? You have three more love stories. We've just made the announcement. They'll be uh, coming out under a different collection for Christmas. But are you pulling stories ever from your listeners who are saying, hey, Richard, I've gone through this. I think this would be a, a story for you no. to tell. Okay. No. The, the creative process is much too um, specific in a way. It just it has its own story. I mean, I was once someone once took me to court saying I stole their, their story, and mm-hmm. it was it was thrown out of court. It cost me a lot of money just to get it to the point of looking at it. And the judge just said to me, he "Goes what a gold digger! She's trying to just rip you off." Sure. And but it's like more offensive to me was, do you know what I go through that I sweat through to get a book? It's like to copy a story would be impossible. It just doesn't make sense. It's so specific and so much work. It just doesn't. 
it'd be like going to the Olympics and trying to change the way you run based on someone else you're competing with. It just it just doesn't work. Is it similar? And because I I love to write, but I've only written magazines and news stories, et cetera, I, and columns. I've never written stories like like you do. Is it similar to those who are acting? who have to immerse themselves in certain roles to be able to really pull that character. So do you find yourself oh, very, having to really stretch? So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've written things that were really depressing and, and found myself just being really kind of in darkened. You know, once I, and one of my books wrote about suicide and I became so in darkened that I had to stop writing. It's like, cause I was, I, I felt like I, I sure, had suffered this like, loss. Like reading really existential writing yeah. or something. But you really, you really do go into and you have to, cause when I'm, when I'm writing, I'm, all of a sudden, I have to. If you if you put a camera on me, you'd laugh because I'm sitting there talking to the characters. I'm talking, I'm moving, and it's like I'm acting it out. So is that an invitation for us to bring cameras in no, while you're you writing? Mean, absolutely not. <laughs> Can I ask one other question? We have just a few more minutes left together. <clears throat> you go back to say you know, in the very beginning with the Christmas box story, right? Was that the very first love mm-hmm. story? Um, and then you found such success and writing love stories, and you departed and just just continued to grow and diverse in your writing skills, which in your writing styles, which was just beautiful for me to see the Michael Vay series come out and, and, and the walk. And as a mother of boys, I mean, I, I just appreciate so much that you celebrated diversity in children, that their unique challenges might be unique gifts. But why do you think this love stories are a calling of Richard Paul Evans, that, that it becomes such a forte or strength or a melody that is constantly uh, woven into your writing. Well, I think I think it was maybe it was Steinbeck who said every story is a love story, and uh, that's true. So I don't I don't set out to write. I'm not a romance writer. That's a different thing. Uh, but there are, I, I guess, in every book, I I, I want to make it an experience. I mean, every book is an experience. And when they go through, it, it's like, wow, what a ride! That's what you want them to go through. Whether it's a, a scary book or a thriller or whatever it is. You want them to say, I just had something happen to me. And so a love story is, um, it's fun. You know, you go through it, it's like, wow, I'm falling in love. That, that, the butterflies in the stomach and the lightness and the joy and the smile that comes to your lips. And so that's why, that, that's why. I mean, it's, I've, I've been criticized. Something that I, I do in my, in my books is I put a lot of food. People say, I, I, I gain weight reading your books. And it's like, yeah. I, you know what? When I've read your books, I've never noticed that because food are such a big part, is such a big part of my but, life yeah, already. Well, it seems time. natural. Big time. Right, and, yeah. And, and someone wrote, this reads like a, a food log, you know, a new reader. Well, that's another said, passion, right? You've got like, the... Well, but like I started mm-hmm. with the Christmas box, it's like, why not give my reader while they're going, let's give them a good dinner. Let's just feed them. It's like, <laughs> the other thing is that food defines us. You tell me what you had for lunch and I can tell a lot about you. Yeah. You tell me what, you, what you're having for dinner. I can tell a lot about you. And so um, that's why. So when my guy was eating Pop-Tarts on the walk, I mean, people were really upset. Like, he, he eats <laughs> junk. And by the end, he yeah. actually changes eating it. Because <laughs> he, he cares. And he's, he's ready to explore the <laughs> sensations of life again, I guess, right? Uh, and because he also is exercising all day long. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a goal in he starts, mind. He, starts, he actually starts eating different because it's like, I need to eat healthier. Let's talk well. about where we can get the mistletoe secret. Um, if it's not sold out, you should be able to get it everywhere. I, um, someone told me they went to the Costco's and they're all sold out. Um, but they should, hopefully they'll get some more. Honest question. What's the best way to support you? Is it by buying a printed book or an e-reader, an e-book? Uh, we don't make nearly as much on an e-book. Okay. Yeah. 
In fact, with the new, there's a lot of fights with Amazon right now with their new thing. The authors just don't make any money off of sure. some of the e-stuff. So. so it's best if we can to find not only the printed version. <laughs> oh, and, and those of us who love to read, there is something that transports you by holding the pages in your hand. Yeah, people like to hold yeah, books. I think that's why e-books are starting to fall again because, you know, I've heard it. I've heard it a thousand times. Right. Oh, I just like the feel of a book in my hand. And then you feel like you accomplished something, too. Well, and I love that you said that the book, The Mistletoe Secret, has a lot of comedy and lightness and brightness in addition to a love story. So if you are looking for a great gift, you know somebody who could use some brightening, The Mistletoe Secret will be a wonderful gift for them. We'll be looking for that, hoping it's not sold out where we shop. Richard Paul Evans, we're looking forward to another love story collection coming around the Christmas holidays in the future. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.